Welcome to PRISM, a podcast meant to inform and encourage church leaders. Here we'll cover every area of church life, from assimilation to personal care and everything in between. So regardless of the size, type, or location, PRISM will be a guiding light for brighter churches everywhere. And now here's your host, Neil Scoggins. And thanks for listening to another episode of PRISM, the guiding light for uh, churches. I have with me today, my name is Neil Scoggins, I have with me today a person that is a uh, an Andy Griffith connoisseur, just like myself, Marcus Brown, who uh, Mark used to be my team leader, but now he's doing something else. I guess I ran him away when I was on the team. I don't know what happened. Marcus, thank you so much for being here, man. This is, for me, this is a big deal. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the invitation, Neil. I'm honored to be able to be here and to uh, just look forward to this conversation today. Yeah, yeah. You're the only person. Now, I'm, I was working with a church, um, and I guess it was about a year ago, and now I'm still working with that same church, and we were having a conversation about uh, big days. Mm-hmm. We were saying what a big day was. Right. Uh, and uh, I'm going to ask you for a definition of a big day here in a second. But, Marcus, give me a little background about, you know, what you've done in the past and, you know, all the – escapade, not all of them, but the uh, local church escapades okay. that you have uh, done in the past. Yeah, all right. Appreciate it, Neil. Well, um, yeah, I, uh, as far as I joined the convention in 2009, but prior to that, I was uh, I was pastoring a church over in the Fort Smith area, First Baptist Church, Jenny Lynn. I served there for eight years before joining the convention. And, and before that, there were a handful of uh, very gracious churches in my past that let me interim pastor <laughs> and supply preach and whatnot uh, when I was very green and very young. So gotcha. I look back on those years and and uh, just how gracious they were. That's um, cool. But then, yeah, I joined the convention in 2009 um, as a member of the evangelism and at the time church growth team. It's now the evangelism and church health team. And I served on that team uh, until 2019, and at that time I was the team leader of that team. Of course, you were on that team, yeah. still are. Yeah. And uh, and then I transitioned to the uh, to the executive uh, team of the ABSC. So, yeah. 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 Are you from? So are you from? You're from Fort Smith, right? Well, outside of Fort Smith. Yeah. 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 What, going to Fort Smith was going to the going to town for us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I lived in, uh, born and raised in the community of Mansfield. About That's 30, right. Thirty minutes. Yeah. You threw me off with Jenny Lynn because yeah. I was like, wait. A and I thought it was in Mansfield, but you yeah. grew up in Mansfield. I did, and there so you go. Jenny Lynn is is between Mansfield and Fort Smith. Gotcha. Yeah. Big area, and, I, and I'm I'm going somewhere with this. Big okay. area, big churches, small area, medium sized churches, medium sized area. Yeah. What was that area like? As you, the churches that you pastored. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So so the area that I pastored was all south of Fort Smith. Of course, Fort okay. Smith has large churches, and of course, large city there, right. by Arkansas standards. And so uh, south of there is pretty rural. And so my first uh, first church I pastored, they let me serve as interim. I, it, it was a church of about 20, okay. maybe 25 people. And then coming out of college, got to uh, interim pastor a church for about a year that was actually ran about 200 people okay. uh, on a Sunday. And uh, But now that would have been a, a larger church well, uh, yeah. in that uh, in that setting. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, all, all, all shapes and sizes. So, so, the, so the, the big day now, that's the... That I don't know what we're going to call this episode, but yeah. right now it's the big day. Okay. But so explain to me what churches like if if you talk to a church about big days, what 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 does that mean? What what is that? Uh, I mean, give me a definition of what that means for the for the local church. Yeah. Okay. So so for um, most local churches, they already have big days built into their year. 
okay. where attendance is higher than it normally is. Okay. And so the one obviously that tops the list is Easter. We think right. Easter's coming up, and right. we think about that as uh, naturally a big day where we're just expecting a larger crowd. You know, right. everybody celebrates what a big crowd we have on Easter, and we right. always say if everybody showed up like they do on Easter, our church would be a lot bigger. That's right. Um, but the, the idea behind a big day is since these are days where attendance is naturally higher than normal, that um, instead of just being satisfied with that, we, we really work to maximize that day to really have some intentionality to it so that, so that it's something that God can really use and bless, and we see people, see people respond yeah. uh, to the Lord in ways maybe they otherwise would not have. That's kind of cool. So they're built in. So every church... Regardless mm-hmm. of whether you identify it or not, mm-hmm. you have big days. Yeah, yeah. Get, so Easter would be a big yeah. day. Uh, when I was uh, when I was younger, early in the ministry, we uh, I would go to small town, Grapevine, Arkansas. Okay. Uh, they would have homecoming. Mm-hmm. Homecoming was sure. a would, would that be considered a, a, a big day? It would. Um, give yeah. me some more other big day. You know where you're expecting in rural and in because you've done interim in rural areas and in larger mm-hmm. cities as well. So right. give me is here's the first question: Is there a difference in some of the big days in rural areas? as opposed to larger cities, or can you have a big day that works in a rural area that will work in a larger city? Yeah, that, that is, that's a great question, and, and I, while I don't necessarily have definitive information on that, I think maybe it's more of a almost a cultural issue where gotcha. for, in some communities Mother's Day is a day when it seems like everybody leaves town, but yeah. in other communities it's when everybody comes home. That, yeah, and, and I'm glad you said that. It's yeah. a big day. And yeah. so uh, there are others that come to mind. For example, the Sunday before Christmas is historically a pretty big day. Yeah. And uh, the Sunday maybe right before or right after school starts is, okay. uh, could could be a big day. Certainly the one right after school starts, everybody's getting in a routine. Right. Uh, and a church can have an intentional bring a friend Sunday, which could be a, okay. a big Sunday, or if they're having a revival, the, uh, the Sunday of revival may be a big Sunday. Um, huh. You know, th- things along those lines, just yeah. just as your church looks at uh, your calendar throughout the year, what are those big days? Yeah. So here's the here's the kind of deeper question. So you have those big days. Mm-hmm. What's, I mean, really, what's the benefit of having yeah. those big days other than Hey, we got a large attendance for the yeah. local church. What's the benefit for the local church? Yeah, okay. So um, when it comes to, and I remember pastoring, I would look at those big days, and I, I didn't ever really think in terms of, hey, we got to put forth more effort for this day because in my mind it was already going to be a great day. Yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't think we just need to work harder and do more uh, and invest in it more. I just, I just wanted to make sure it was good uh, as it was. Yeah. But uh, now, and, and there are some elements we can talk about about what what makes a big day a big big day. But yeah. from a from a pastor's perspective, as you're looking at the significance of a big day, there are there are several things that come to mind. One is this is a day unchurched people are more likely to attend than they are other days. For, okay. for example, okay. I mean okay. it's just it's natural, you know, for people even today, even in a culture where maybe people don't aren't as connected as they used to be, uh, there are going to be more people on in church on Easter Sunday than any other time. That's right. Even now, even, even in now. a, you know, I, I hate to use the word post-Christian, yeah. but even in the environment that we're in now, yeah. 
people are talking about Easter now mm-hmm. that are not even going to church. Yeah, yeah, they are. And so so that's a day when uh, a church member can have a conversation with a neighbor or a friend and say, hey, would you consider coming with me on Easter yeah. uh, or on another one of these big days? And and it just seems more natural to invite them at that time gotcha. than it might be at, a, at another time yeah. uh, throughout the year. So, so that's one of them. Uh, that is a great way for members to get involved in outreach, uh, for okay. it to be a church where I, a churchwide effort and and just for the whole congregation to get on board in the sense that uh, we're gonna we're gonna all be out trying to invite people to uh, to attend this service yeah. um, and it really helps them to latch on to something specific they can do to help play a role in outreach yeah uh, I am I'm a huge believer in the fact that it helps if, if we really do it well it, it creates a great opportunity for church members to get involved in ministry um, okay. and and part of what I mean by that is, Big days are a great opportunity for us to evaluate the ministry that we're doing. It gives us mm. a chance to evaluate, if you will, the, the systems that we have in place okay. in our church. Okay. Uh, for, for example, um, if I'm thinking about the fact that we've got this big day coming and we're going to have more people on campus than we normally do, um, it helps me to think through how are, how are we going to handle uh, the, the guests that show up? What, yeah. what do we already have in place? What do we need to work on? Yeah, related to that, and yeah. um, and what is the uh, uh, what is the the worship service going to look like? Uh, during that time, we're, we can talk about that here in just a minute as we yeah. get into some of those details. What 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 do we have in place for children and for students? And yeah. what are our groups? Yeah. What does our groups ministry look like? How do we connect people following the big day? Yeah. What is our follow up plan? Uh, yeah. consist of. So they're just a great way for us to huh. um, once or twice a year just broaden out to the big picture. We're getting ready for all these guests. It doesn't just need to be a day where we walk away and say, wow, wow. a lot of people came. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. That was wonderful. Yeah. But instead... What do we need to do to to latch on to some of this, uh, to some of the the prospects we might have identified, and how do we need to move forward in the hopes that God's going to continue to work in their lives and, and bring them back? You know what you talked about, and 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 now let me just make this clear: big days are not just for uh, um, inner city, larger city, rural church plants, relaunches, existing churches. It re- for the local expression of church, big days match or should match that landscape that the church is kind of laying out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start. I, I want to come back to worship, but I want to I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the um, non successes I have had. Okay. <laughs> at least one. All right. uh, after a big day, mm-hmm. uh, typically uh, church plants. Easter is a bad day to be, especially if you're two years old. Okay. It's just bad. Yep. They're going to go to mom's house or, mm-hmm. or grandmom's church or whatever, but to an existing church or after that church has matured a little bit. So we mature, we, you know, people come, we celebrate. And then the Sunday after that, you know, we didn't make any phone calls before or after, right. you know, nothing. Um, is there some level of, I mean, were we missing it? Are we, are we, is the norm to just say, wow, we had a great day and it just fell apart? I mean, what are we missing with, you know, making sure that the Sundays <laughs> after that are good, not necessarily be, but but good and healthy for the local church? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, 
I do think, and I, I can think about this even as a pastor, I, I remember so many Easter's where you walked away on Easter Sunday afternoon and it was glorious and triumphant and we yeah. had a great day. Yeah. And then the next Sunday, it seemed like attendance was worse than normal. Exactly. And so it's, it's like everybody got church attendance out of their system and, right. and stayed home the next uh, the next Sunday. And that led me into the depths of despair. You know, yeah, there of, you go. Uh, That's uh, right. The, the, the Elijah <laughs> coming off Mount Carmel That's and so heading right. into the wilderness. That's right. And so um, so so in light of that, you know, you, you I, I do think it does us well to try to think through what are some ways we can be intentional to build on the potential momentum that can happen on Easter because I, th- I do think normally people just look at it as, yeah, we had a big crowd. That's kind of expected. And, and in some instances, you know, we'll, uh, I, I remember, I remember hearing one, a pastor one time, uh, well, I wasn't in the room. I had it told to me that one time following an Easter Sunday service, uh, a pastor who was actually serving as interim pastor, uh, he was a senior adult, a man serving in that capacity. So he could probably get away with this at the end of the Easter service. He said, he said, I want to wish several of you Merry Christmas because that's the next time I'll see you. <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of... Uh, that... I, w- I wouldn't advise that <laughs> right. at the conclusion of my yeah. Easter service. Watch your language during the... Yeah, it's more welcoming than chastising, but, I guess. But, but I do think there is a way to build on that excitement of that big day in a way that carries on. And it, you may not Im- immediately see fruit the next Sunday. Okay. But I think okay. I think even if you do not have attendance that's reflected uh, based on the excitement of the day, you're go- you can have church members that catch a glimpse of what God can do. Yeah. And it can help build a sense of excitement and, a- and anticipation of the days ahead. Yeah. And, uh, and how that, you know, God can really bless and and bring people and reward the work that uh, that his people are pouring in. That's cool. You mentioned earlier worship, and you said you yeah. kind of come back to that. It, so do we, uh, should we show just a regular day or a regular Sunday? I mean, especially with worship, yeah. you know, and, and we're specifically talking about Easter right now. I just kind of <laughs> want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And then we can kind of piggyback on others. Should we, you know, should we really do something different on Easter that we do in worship than we would normally do. I mean, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Is yeah. it is that part of the big day yeah. planning? If you, I don't, I don't know if no, there's a such thing. I, I appreciate that, and and I, I do think, and and even even related to uh, e- even before you get to worship, I think it's interesting because uh, we have there are so many elements leading up to the worship service. For example. Um, the the importance of prayer and getting the church family gotcha. involved in praying and praying for lost people and praying for God to move and work, and so that's really important. And gotcha. then you then how you ahead, ahead of time ahead of time. So gotcha. there's some stuff leading up to that day that's going to speak into what the worship service looks like. So you have you have praying and the intentionality of praying, and then you have uh, inviting. And the importance of how are we going to invite these people? Are we going to put resources in the hands of our members, or what? What's the invitation going to look like for that big day? Yeah. And then, and and before you get to the worship service, and and this was this was hard for me to process and to come, to conclude. Before a song is ever sung, or before the sermon, however wonderful it is, is preached. <laughs> okay. Most guests have already decided whether or not they're going to come back to your church. So you wait. So you so you're telling me, but by the from the from the time they pull up in the parking lot before the worship service even begins, yeah. songs, yeah. sermon, whatever, 
they've already made a decision. Yeah, statistically, it's my understanding between the first five to seven minutes, they have had some sort of interaction that has led them to an either favorable conclusion about the, the church or a negative conclusion. Now, that's not to wow. say the Lord can't do a work in them and, and overcome some of those things, but I cannot emphasize strongly enough the importance of being ready for guests. Yeah. And, and one of these days we can talk about you know, some guests, some experiences I've had as a guest. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that uh, we, we oftentimes don't think about the message that we send. And so, matter of fact, I, I feel, I'm so, believe so strongly in this. When I'm able to be at my church, I serve as a greeter. Do and you really? Because that, that <laughs> I've had so many negative experiences that that has been yeah. ingrained in me. We have to make certain that, uh, that people are welcomed. I, I've, I've heard it said, um, the, the gospel, when a person gets in the room and when, when they do hear the message and the gospel preached, it may be offensive to them. The fact that they're going to be told they're a sinner oh, and man. they need to be yeah. saved from their sin. Yeah. We, we got to make sure we do everything we can to not offend them with our ad- actions and attitudes leading up to that. Yeah, there you go. The gospel may offend and, and uh, you know, the Lord's going to work in that. But, uh, but we don't have let to, the greeters that, offend. That's, exa- yeah. that's exactly right. Welcome wow. them with open arms. So, you know, we could spend a lot of time focused on how a church can be ready for guests. But once you yeah. get to the once you get to the worship service, I don't. I don't necessarily say that there have to. There have to be all these uh, elements to the service that are um, not normal. Uh, you okay. Know, I mean, like okay. you could have some sort of a some some great uh, some great big choir or some some sort of music that is that is unusual for the for the worship service. But yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that has to happen. Gotcha. When gotcha. I'm when I speak of the worship service, I, I'm speaking in terms of. Th- really thinking through with intentionality, what what are you going to say in the welcome time? Yeah, because yeah, because yeah. when I That's say, right. and I've done it myself in the past, when I say, would you please fill out that card so we can have a record of your visit? Well, guests don't care if you have a record of their visit. That's right. Matter of fact, they <laughs> so, don't want you to have a record. That's of, yeah. right. And so, so just trying to think through with intentionality. What am I going to say in the welcome time? If if you pass the plates at your at your church post COVID, which my church does, where I'm a member. Yeah. Thinking through what you're going to say about the offering, so that you yeah. communicate well. And is there yeah. a guest card that they could fill out and make that a contribution to the offering plate? If if there's not an offering plate, what do they do with the guest card? Yeah. Um. How, yeah. How, you know what's what are the instructions there? Um, and then, then also, uh, when it comes to the sermon, when I when we would have a big day, um, I remember having a uh, helping a church I was serving as interim pastor at about five years ago. We had a big day, and leading up to it, I promised them I would not preach longer than twenty minutes. Now, now okay. the, the reason is. I wanted them to feel like they could reach out to lost friends. Yeah, there and, you go. And and I was going to preach for twenty minutes, and the majority of those twenty minutes was going to be to tell them how Jesus Christ could transform their go. life. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I wanted them to know that when they went to that effort to get a lost friend to sit beside them, they were going to get the gospel message as clearly yeah. presented as possible. And so uh, now I'm not saying a, a, pa- I mean, a pastor can preach however long, long he, 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 yeah. he wants to, and however long his church wants him but to. you have to be but, authentic and i think what you're yeah. saying is you, you show you don't show them a church on the big day that's not you yes because <laughs> yeah. when they come back they'll go where was that church that i came to on <laughs> that's easter that's right yeah yeah 
Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And yeah. so, uh, and then, then think through the invitation. What is the invitation going to look like if you're in a culture where uh, having people walk the aisle is very normal and yeah. you have people come to the altar a lot to pray and there's yeah. a lot of movement during the invitation, then that, that's probably good for, for your church yeah. as, a, as a way to invite people. But if, if you extend the invitation at the end of the service and nobody ever moves during the invitation, yeah. then you're going to have to think through how do you anticipate a first-time guest indicating a response to the gospel or a response to more information and, and thinking through what that needs to look like yeah. uh, so that uh, so that they can indicate that they're open to whatever the Lord's doing. Yeah, and you're, and you're starting to build a relationship, okay. not only with that local church and that person, but also introducing them to a holy community. I call it a holy community, which is a local church yeah. and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's the thing that I... That I um, and, and I know we can't get into all of the different pieces of, of all of this, but I do want to talk about this. And I think this was um, kind of in the questions that I asked. Uh, do you have any ideas of, peop of, of big days that people have used in the past? Like, you know, Easter, homecoming. You mentioned some earlier. And everything that we're, we're talking about, the, the crux of what we're talking about, we're going to leak uh, in the show notes to the ABSC page that has all of this this in there, absc.org slash big day or big days. Big day, singular. B big day, big day. Um, uh, homecoming, I tried to incorporate homecoming in the city. It just didn't work. <laughs> so it just, yeah. it just didn't work. Uh, Easter is, is a good one. Uh, you said one earlier. Mother's Day. Mother's is another day, day. The Sunday before Christmas. Sunday before and, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and a challenge. I, I recently, I think it's been observed that for many, Christmas Eve service is huge. Now, the challenge with that one is it's more family and yeah, and, a, and a, you know, kind of almost a more intimate setting and yeah. very worshipful. So it, yeah. it can present some challenges in trying to mobilize a large number of your congregation since Christmas Eve is very family oriented. But yeah, yeah thinking through those kinds of days yeah. and figuring out how to maximize those. Do you put those, and it's, I, I know it sounds like a third grade question, but do you go ahead and put those on the calendar as you're planning? Like, you know, when you plan, hey, we're going to camp, hey, we're doing whatever. Do you would you advise going ahead and putting that on the calendar, not just the day? Because you talked about a lot of stuff yeah. that you have to deal with before the actual mm -hmm. day. Is that, or do you just organically go, hey, in six weeks, it's <laughs> it's whatever, and we do it? Yeah. I mean, no, no, I, yeah, I, I lean toward calendaring it. Matter of fact, I, I think it is, it's really helpful for a church uh, to look over the whole year and to th to be able to identify those specific instances when they're going to pour a lot into outreach in the community. And, yeah. and so I think, yeah, when you can circle those big days and go ahead and communicate to the church family, hey, these are going to be big days. Gospel is going to be shared. We're going to be ready for guests and we're going to do we're going to do effective follow up. All those kind of things. I think being able to get that on the calendar goes a long way because it's good to be able to at the start of the year say, um, and depending on what your church does for outreach, but if Easter is going to be a huge day, you know, a church may have a like on Saturday they may do an Easter egg hunt trying yeah. to reach out in the community, yeah. and they may say, try to mark these days off to to help us with this yeah. or. Um, vacation Bible school, mark those dates off. Yeah. Or if, if they do a wild game banquet of some kind, yeah. mark yeah. those, mark this date off so that at the beginning of the year, you can say to the church, if you'll give us these four days or whatever it might gotcha. be, yeah. and we're going to really pour into this so that it's a, it's a congregational effort at outreach. And then throughout the rest of the year, 
the, ideally, the, the church family is is doing personal evangelism. There you go. Uh, individually, yeah. and they're trying to they're trying to impact their their neighborhood. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think I think it's ideal to be able yeah. to get things on the calendar so that people that can 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 be aware. I need to be around that day. Yeah. I need to help invest. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, you can start doing some long range planning. You talked about, and uh, we're about to run out of time. But I, Marcus, this is good stuff. Again, all of the information that we're talking about. Uh, is on the ABSC website, absc.org forward slash big day. And we'll link uh, in our show notes to this show. Um, you, you alluded to the, the health of the local church, getting volunteers involved and, and doing all of that. You know, being a part of the church health team from the beginning, because uh, when, when you first got here is evangelism and church growth and then part of church health. And ultimately, that's what we're here for at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, to come alongside churches and support mm-hmm. them so that they can be healthy and healthy things grow. Um, what other things that do we not think about that, you know, uh, speak to the health of the local church as it relates to the as it relates to the big day? Um, it, you know, I don't know, getting volunteers involved, yeah. laying all of that out, but is there anything that we maybe we miss that that we won't get, that we don't think about that speaks to the health of the church when we do a big day? I'm, yeah. I'm chopping up that question. Yeah. It's killing yeah. you, but I know. No, yet. no, no. I, no, I think that's good. And, and so some things that come to my mind, a couple of things. Uh, one is, again, I can't emphasize enough creating an environment where you ask church members to really view that day as ministry. It's not just gotcha. attend and we're going we're gonna to be thankful there's a big crowd. But I can recall a big day that that's, we've done in the past where um, we mobilized. I think we ended up mobilizing about 50 people to do ministry on that. I mean, we're, we're talking, we had everybody wow. in the room had a name tag on. It didn't matter if you'd been a church member for 60 years wow. or is the first time you ever set foot in there. And I would really encourage that on a big day because you know of all these people, you're supposed to know their name as yeah. other church members. Well, yeah. that's a great excuse to uh, to be able to uh, to l- really learn their name with yeah. those name tags. But that mobilizes people for ministry. That's we good. had a photo booth, so have your I've family yeah. have your family take a photo, and that and then what you say was, we will email it to you. So I need your email address to communicate with you as a first time guest. There you go. So you so get the information. You get the information, yeah. but you have church members that are excited about this kind of ministry, and they've never been able to do this kind of thing. Yeah. And so it mobilizes them. And then the other one is, and this is where the hard work begins, following up. And I'm a believer in something called a follow-up night where you hmm. you either meet that Sunday night or, or the Monday night or Tuesday night right after the big day. Yeah. And you, you this is a this is a, a part of a, a mobilizing of your church family to uh, to really immediately follow up on people where you're going to have people that place phone calls, people that write letters or emails or texts, yeah. and even in some instances people that might even make personal visits. Okay. Uh, and uh, and so yeah, there's there's information on that website that you mentioned about all these different different elements, but w- what we're after is God-given momentum. Yeah. That is yeah. what we really long for is, Lord, we're going to pray. We're going to reach out. We're going to share the gospel. We're going to follow out, uh, follow up. And then we're, we're going to be praying God blesses and gives a sense of celebration and anticipation of what he's doing. And we're going to anticipate he's going to do more in the days ahead. Dude, this is good stuff. And I know we only have a few minutes and, and go through that. Marcus, this is major. 
And I think if other churches, regardless of the size or the location Mm -hmm. or the culture your church is in, African-American, Anglo, Hispanic, uh, whatever, Hmong churches that are in Northwest Arkansas, it really does not matter. Everybody has their own big days. Everybody has big days. If the culture has big days, they took it from us because we started with the first big days anyway, (laughs) you know, to begin with. Uh, Super Bowl is a big day, but which I realize that, uh, so let me, a fail story. So we try to do Jersey Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday. And it's amazing how people will show up late for church on a regular Sunday, but will say they're prepping all weekend for a couple of hours on something that happens on Sunday afternoon or Sunday night. It blows my mind. I'm not, I'm not dogging it. I'm just saying it just amazes me what, what happens like that. Listen, again, more of the information, absc.org forward slash big day. Marcus Brown, thank you so much. I, I uh, you know, had to work through a lot of things to kind of work through your schedule to make it work. And I'm excited. Listen, Marcus prays uh, in a way that you have to just pause and listen. And I really appreciate you. I really appreciate your personal ministry. I appreciate, you know, just what you've done for me personally when you were on the team. And now I don't like you anymore because you're not you're not our team leader. But that's okay. Listen, if you have uh, questions, listen, Prism now has a Facebook page and it's called Prism. And I don't know the rest of it, but we'll get, we'll get you the rest of that. And we'll link that on the show notes, also a Facebook page and an Instagram. Marcus Brown from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. Thank you so much for making PRISM your home for podcast resources and information. PRISM, a guiding light to guide churches. Thanks for listening to this episode of PRISM. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. If you did, or even if you didn't, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe so you'll never miss one episode 